Hello and welcome to Lawrence Fork in Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen. And today we're interviewing managing partner and front of house manager Laura Klein from Mass Street Fish House and Raw Bar. Today we are talking with managing partner and front of house manager Laura Klein from Mass Street Fish House and Raw Bar. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we love Mass Street Fish House. We were really excited when you guys opened, um, you know, so we're both East Coast transplants. So I'm actually from Massachusetts. Kristen's from New Jersey. Cool. And when I first moved out here, that was one of the first things. I'm like, can you get good seafood out in the Midwest? You know, I'll be honest, I was skeptical. I remember at first I was like, I don't know. But then we went there and I mean, you guys really nailed it. I think you got, you guys are really doing a good job with the, um, yeah, I really like the ambiance in there too. I think you guys did a, did a really great job with that. So, so yeah, we love it. We love Mastery awesome. Fish. <laughs> Needless to say. Um, so, so yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, are you from Lawrence or? I am not from Lawrence. I'm from Wichita, so mm-hmm. not very far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think common Lawrence story. I came here for school. Yeah. Um, and then I started working in the Lawrence community and just fell in love. I just kind of felt almost immediately like this was my place. This is my home. Um, and it's been really fun to like discover Lawrence as a place outside of just a university and kind of come like discover the community here. Um, so it, it's in my opinion, an ideal place to start a business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how'd you get started? How'd you find your way into the food industry? Um, So I've been working in restaurants for a little over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Worked like starting end of high school up into like through college, after college. Um, I got my first taste of like real fine dining um, here in Lawrence at this beautiful restaurant um that was where merchants is now it was called tellers it was like a 30-year staple fine dining italian beautiful restaurant and i met my best friends there i learned how to serve there how to bartend there and how to really take pride in it as a craft and how like if it's done well it can be so meaningful not just to the people who come and eat, but also to the people who get to like participate in creating an ambiance and creating like an experience for people. Right. And so is that how, so I think I remember reading, so you guys did kind of form a little group there and then that's kind of, yeah. kind of the start of Mastery Fish House. Yeah. Or? So, um, several people who work there now, um, worked with me at Tellers and also at Merchants. Um, I This project kind of started, um, the sourcing kind of came before the concept, which I think is really cool mm. for seafood. Yeah. Um, we opened because our majority uh, partner is a seafood distributor. And cool. so he was bringing in really awesome product and he had the line on really awesome product and he was kind of like, there's no one that's really doing seafood here. Um, and kind of around that time, um, somebody who I had worked with, who had been um, who had been a manager at um, Merchants, and also somebody who had worked at Tellers, um, was selling seafood for him. And they kind of started to talk about bringing together a concept like that in Lawrence. Um, and at the time, I was kind of like available and searching for pro- projects. And so he contacted me, and the rest is kind of history. We put a lease on a building and like six months later, it was like this living, breathing wow. thing. 
That's so cool. Were you guys worried about any, um, you know, I know it was sort of like the, the first and only real, you know, seafood restaurant here. But were you worried about how it would be received in a place, you know, in the Midwest? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's kind of one of those things where like perception takes a while to catch up with technology. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you go to a raw bar, like seafood restaurant on either coast, chances are that they'll carry product from either coast. You know, mm, like if, if you go to a, a oyster bar and like on the West Coast, they'll have East Coast oyster offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, people just have this perception with landlocked states sometimes. <laughs> right. Yeah. But really like the Lawrence community has been kind of a, uh, surprisingly like really embracing of the concept and I thought before we opened I thought you know Midwest I thought we would sell a majority like cooked and fried oysters that's kind of just what I thought Mm -hmm. um but overwhelmingly the thing that we sell the most of is like raw oysters and that is why people come in and they are pumped about it yeah I mean it's pretty cool and you can't get it anywhere else around here so yeah not really unique yeah So you said, uh, so one of the partners is a distributor. So what is that, what does that look like to get, you know, how do you, how do you get all that fresh seafood here? Is it, is, you know, how, what is that process for, for getting it here? That, that always fascinates me is the logistics behind it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting cause we are like, you kind of have to like super seek it out. Yeah. So we get a lot of seafood, uh, from the Northeast distributor who, who is, uh, our majority mm-hmm. partner, but not really exclusively from him. Like we just kind of like seek out when and wherever we can get the freshest product so Mm -hmm. sometimes that means buying direct from farmers so like uh specifically oyster farmers we can buy uh direct from a farm that we work with like uh one-on-one is hamahama oyster farm Mm. um in uh like hood canal Mm. of washington state Mm. and we literally like text them orders and they will send us like fedex really wow yeah oysters huh so those end up coming basically like you know like every, every other day or you yeah, know, yeah, every, yeah. it could be like honestly it, we can get it like less than 24 hours after it's pulled from the water what wow which that's is awesome. crazy yeah yeah so that's what i always figured you know i figured you know i'm like you know people always say i can't get fresh fish out here i'm like yeah but way you can ship stuff now yeah <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> well and it's kind of like the nature of our food in general is that unless you're really buying from restaurants and markets that are super mindful of their purveyors like even if you're in in california a lot of the avocados you eat are from mexico Mm -hmm. or you know so it's kind of like there's an element of food sourcing that's like kind of you know like our food travels Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but we also try to like supplement with a lot of local purveyors i think originally the concept was kind of like the best elements of the coast meet the best aspects of the Midwest. Yeah. So we try to carry like a lot of uh, local farmers for produce. Uh, we like work with Michael Beard for meat LLC mm-hmm. and we do like local beef. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, kind of like trying to get the mix of the best products we can get our hands on from kind of like wherever Everywhere. we can get our hands on. Yeah. Them. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a That's cool. We're on, always on the hunt. Yeah. I saw in your, um, on your, website you know talk about your oysters being boutique oysters is that sort of what you're getting at there where it's coming from like individual little farms and yeah Yeah, small uh small like operations um individual farmers um it's kind of like oysters are kind of like wine in the sense that they carry like uh they can carry the term is miroir but it's Mm. like terroir like a time and place and if you're buying from like smaller boutique oysters um 
and not like giant co-ops that you sometimes you can get like a better expression of that right that's cool how many oysters do you usually go through a week do you, do you know oh my god so, so many. <laughs> like an insane amount <laughs> uh we go through um hundreds yeah wow sometimes thousands <laughs> yeah yeah just like good insane amount yeah speaking of which uh if you or anyone you know wants uh oyster shells yeah. for compost they are available that's oh. awesome yeah i think Quite I, did, a few of them. I, I did see that so it just come to the come to the shop and you yeah. guys got yeah bags of them yeah that's nice. great yeah buckets all the oyster shells that you need wow. wow that's good good to know yeah <laughs> hot tip um, one thing that we love about your menu is that you kind of have, you know, two sections. One is small plates with a lot of different seafood options, but then you have entrees as well. So it's a nice way, you know, if you're feeling like you want to try a couple of different things, you can get a couple of small plates and like share things with people. Um, so it's just, you know, sort of nice to do things that way. Um, we like to sort of eat that way where we can try different things like together, mm-hmm. um, you know, and have an experience that way. So um, just wondering what um, goes into creating the menu and being able to balance different tastes because you do offer things for people that maybe don't, you know, feel like having seafood or just don't like seafood and want for something sure. else. So talk a little bit about that. Um, so recently we've kind of made the move to pare down our menu a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of with the hopes of highlighting some specials. So the shared plate section is kind of, you know, for, I honestly, I eat the same way when Mm -hmm. I go out. I want to, I want to try as many things as possible. Yeah. And if I go out to eat with you, I'm going to try to eat off your plate. We might as well share from the beginning. (laughs) Right. So the shared plate section is kind of an opportunity for people to like try a bunch of different things without committing to like, you know, a giant piece of fish with a Mm -hmm. starch, you know? Right. Um, And then we have some entrees as well. Um, and then we just started recently kind of bringing on like five or six diff- different specials every night. Mm-hmm. So cool. it, it's kind of a way to like expand our menu, mm-hmm. but, um, also make it like really seasonally fresh and kind of like utilize whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah. Do you see, I mean, are there, imagine, you know, with the different seasons and all that, maybe you get different fish and all yeah. that. So you get to is it kind of work with your distributor and figure out what's, what's, what you can get your hands yeah. on. And yeah, and totally. It's like what um, we've started. We put this new um, thing on our menu. It's a whole fish fillet that you can get any time. But right. on the menu, it'll just say whole fish because what that is will change. Like yeah. sometimes yeah. it's striped bass. Sometimes it's bronzino. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just kind of like whatever we can get. Yeah, yeah. Have you become, through doing this, have you become more of an expert of your of your different fishes and, uh, yeah. and all that? <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I would definitely hesitate to call myself an expert. Uh, I do really love to eat seafood, and yep. I'm the super excited anytime I get to try something that I haven't had before. What's your favorite dish then that you guys? Oh, that's I'm so, I. Know, it's, that's so hard. It's always a hard question. I know. Um, honestly, I really do. I think it's probably the whole fish, because I like yeah. I like the communal aspect of it. Like I like. Um, I like community serving. I like big plates that you can share. And I think a really fun thing to do is go in there and start off with some small plates and then like share a whole fish with somebody. Yeah. How's that work? So if you order the whole fish, is it, you get, you get the whole thing and kind of, you can help cut it and cut it up for different people at the table or no, I mean, we just, well, we present it whole. And then if you want it deboned, we can definitely do that. Uh But I think, um, there's just something like really special about eating something as it is yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i'm into it yeah 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 you get kind of you get to taste the natural flavor yeah. of everything too you don't have to it's yeah very pure I guess. yeah <laughs> sure and also you know the longer something stays on the bone the fresher it is and the more flavorful it is mm-hmm. so 
What do you think your more popular dish is? What what would you say? What kind of gets ordered the most? Crab legs. People are crazy for snow crab legs. (gasps) Really? Yeah. Yes. Um, So people are really into the crab legs. Um, We sell so many fish and chips, which might sound like a plain Jane (laughs) item, but after two years, I'm not tired of them. So I feel like that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So that's probably our most popular um, we always do salmon really well, which is like not a thing that I would usually order at restaurants because, you know, you kind of think you've had one salmon dish, you've had them all, but mm-hmm. we just prepare it so well and it tastes so fresh that I just mm-hmm. can't help myself. <laughs> Let's talk about the drinks a little bit. I wanted to get into that. Um, I know you yeah. have a little bit of a background there, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, we actually saw you guys were recently featured in part of an article that was in a wine, a wine enthusiast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. That yeah. was, it was nice. Lawrence got some love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a really good article. I was really, I yeah, was, they it, really hit like all the spots. It was really, <laughs> yeah. But what about, so I, you guys, I know you guys focus a lot on, um, obviously you got really good cocktails, but then you also focus a lot on the natural wines mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. So what goes into that kind of, you know, selecting different, you know, getting different producers out here and, and all that. Um, so my, for my background ground mm-hmm. is definitely like very bar centric. Mm-hmm. Um, I managed the bar for a while at Merchants and I bartended at the end of Tellers and kind of like bartended some other spots around town. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really like a craft that I've fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, Samantha Wackerly, who's my bar manager, um, she's also, you know, kind of grew up with me with other, these other tellers workers. Mm -hmm. And, um, she's been a really fun, creative partner to kind of fall in love with wine together with. And so, uh, a lot of our menus are really collaborative. Um, and wine is kind of wine become, became the driver of our program really because of the pairing with our food. Um, you know, like there's, so many wines that accentuate seafood. Um, and it's been fun to kind of explore like in the last five years, the number of distributors and the number of uh, producers who've made them their products available in Kansas. has just like exploded. So there's all these products that are coming in that haven't until recently that kind of like make building menus really fun because you get to introduce people in Lawrence to all these like wines and varietals that they haven't had before, but right. really accentuate their food. Hmm. So it's, I mean, if you, my idea of the perfect dinner is just a table full of people that you love, mm-hmm. full of food and full of bottles of wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, Cause it was something interesting, that article that, you know, I never, I had never thought of before, but it was talking about how you kind of had to, it's to start, you had to convince people, producers to really distribute out here you know different wine suppliers because you know people don't see us as you know it's not necessarily wine country right here so people don't maybe producers don't think to to distribute out here is that how that works i feel like there's a whole like there's a whole weird world of of alcohol distribution that yeah i don't understand yeah (laughs) well so so in order for people to sell their products in lawrence they have to um they carry they have to be carried by a distributor that is licensed to distribute in Kansas. And then those distributors show their products to you. And then you go then and buy them through the liquor store. So that's kind of (laughs) what, yeah, there's, (laughs) I don't know, but, um, a lot of like what we're really interested in, um, is we're interested in like small case production, minimal intervention wines that 
you know, like already maybe if there's like 900 cases of this wine, so only so much, if, if it's a, you know, if it's from another country, like so much of it gets gobbled. There's only so much of it for the U.S. And mm-hmm. then so much of it gets gobbled up like right when you get to the coast. So like if you have a limited case production wine and you're trying to like get it on menus and get it out there to the consumer and like up your profile, you're going to be trying to put it in restaurants in Portland mm-hmm. and New York right. and it can be a challenge to kind of get some of those yeah. labels out here. But we have some distributors that are really interested in yeah. kind of like pursuing those labels. And so we've kind of like worked together with some distributors mm-hmm. to try to convince um, not only more like natural minimal intervention wine labels to be represented here, but also for our case allocations to go up so that we can offer them by the glass. Nice. Speaking of wine, you have a wine dinner coming up, right? So. We do. I'm so excited about it. Um, we will be having um, April 3rd, which is a Wednesday. Um, we will be having a Flanor wine dinner. Um, Flanor is a label out of Oregon. Um, and they make some really badass uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple of plots uh, that are like pretty small. Like they make a lot of, they make um all of their wine pretty much comes from like four acres. Wow. Um, so it's very, it's like a, their production yield is like not high. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited to be able to do a wine dinner with them. Um, but they're making really awesome uh, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay kind of like in a sort of a European style in Oregon. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we really we've really liked the Oregon Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir in particular, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pinot Noir rosés and all that. I yeah, don't know, yeah. yeah. It's really I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it too. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your uh, what's your favorite so what's your favorite wine right now? Oh my god, it's so hard. Uh, I know. I love asking these questions. I feel I feel like it's hard for me to say a favorite wine, but mm-hmm. I definitely have I go I have varietal love affairs. Okay, yeah. That's good. So I'm really into Carignan right now. Okay. Um, we have this Carignan at the restaurant right now that is um, from California. Um, it's made by producer Jay Bricks, and it is like cranberries and dried herbs, and it is delicious. Mm-hmm. It's great. like sour and savory and everything wonderful. Huh. So you should come by and have a glass uh, of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What about what about cocktails? Because you guys have, you know, we've, we sp- talked about wines, but yeah, you guys have a lot of really cool cocktails yeah. on the menu too. What's your, what's your favorite cocktail that you have there? Um, probably, honestly, we have we make a take on a Gibson that I really like called okay. the Better Brine, um, and we make our own cocktail onions. So mm. it's a really simple cocktail. It's Martin Miller gin, a touch of. Um, dry vermouth and a touch of this um, onion brine that we make our cocktail onions with. And it's just so delicious with oysters. <laughs> that sounds great. When we're creating our cocktails, it's we, they're really, we really think about the oysters um, mm-hmm. to give us direction. So when we're putting together our cocktail list, we're really thinking about like, like what is going to be like some awesome cocktails to go with like West Coast oysters, to go with East Coast oysters, kind of i don't know it's really like we really think about oysters a lot when we put together our cocktail menu yeah. 
So recently we had a uh, voting for Best of Lawrence and you guys made the top five in four different categories. Um, seafood, date spot, happy hour, and dining ambiance. So one of the things that we super love about Mastery Fish House, besides obviously the food, wine, cocktails, um, <laughs> is the ambiance. Um, it's really cute. So it used to be um, Big's Barbecue. So how did you go from barbecue restaurant to current iteration Mastery Fish House? Um, well, we were really lucky because that building has beautiful bones. Yeah. Um, during the Bigs and Buffalo Bobs time, there were there was a lot of. Um, it was a we kind of it already has a divided floor plan, yeah. mm-hmm. but it was uh, pushed more towards the front, and instead of the levels being exposed, they were kind of boarded up, meaning that yeah. you couldn't mm-hmm. really see a lot of like natural sunlight yeah. past. Mm-hmm. Like kind of the entryway. Yeah, I remember it was really dark. I remember because I went there once, and when it was one of the barbecue places, I remember it being very dark. I remember, yeah, I yeah, definitely. And that wasn't the vibe we were going for. Yeah, yeah. So we um, really didn't have to do as much in renovation as you would think. Mm-hmm. It was more like exposing the brick, exposing the stone, and kind of. Um, keeping the divided floor plan but like opening it up a little bit Mm -hmm. um we did push it back and put in a bar and that was probably the biggest piece of renovation but honestly a lot of it was just exposing the beauty of the building that was like naturally there and honestly it's one of the best things about mastery is most of these structures were have been up for so long and a lot of them have like so much beautiful like uh limestone and brick and wood that you can expose yeah so yeah i like that divide yeah i like the way you guys divide it you know the 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 two the two floors you have there because yeah it's very unique you're in there at the bar and you're kind of halfway between both of those levels yeah I think we yeah we've sat down in the in the little pit there (laughs) it's kind of yeah the cellar Yeah, and the bar itself is just really beautiful and just yeah. feels like you're at like a neighborhood spot. But then at the same time, it's so elevated and everything there is like so great. You know, you're having oysters. It's got like the bar's got this cute little, you know, you, it's right where the oysters are, like the, with the ice tray and everything. Yeah. And you're just like watching the guy like shuck oysters in front of you. It's just really neat. I'm, I'm pumped that, honestly, really pumped that you guys are into it. Pumped that Lawrence <laughs> is into it. It's always kind of scary when you start a new business. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because so. yeah, you, you guys, you get, every time we walk by, you guys are hopping there. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Especially on weekend nights. So yeah. It's, it's great to see. I'm, you know, it's great to see everyone kind of embracing that, that food. Um, so what kind of inspires you for new, you know, new ideas, you know, how do you get new ideas for the menu and all that? You know, is it, is it really, is it a seasonality or is it, you know, kind of ch- chefs trying to put something else out there? Or what's the... Honestly, I think... Uh, really it's it's about like spending time researching Mm -hmm. it's about like looking at other menus online going to other restaurants learning about food learning about wine it's like the answer the creative answers are there there Mm -hmm. it's in learning and research and work i really feel like that yeah um there's definitely seasonality that comes into play and definitely like um the constraints that fuel the creativity are like the seasons and like what we can get Um, but when I look for inspiration, I look at people who are doing it better and kind of looking at what they're doing and thinking about maybe how they got there or I, it's just, I think it's really important to look kind of beyond the market that you're in Mm -hmm. and try to gain some inspiration from some people who are really masters of what they do. And there's a lot of people out there that are doing really cool things in food and wine Mm -hmm. for sure. 
It's probably nice too. You guys don't, you know, because we're not a region that has seafood, you're not stuck to being, you know, if you're, you know, in the south you know you're not doing like creole or you know you're not yeah. doing, you know you're not stuck we're doing not pigeonholed that. you can kind of right? pick pick your pick different areas too so do you find you kind of that happens too i know mean, i've seen on your menu you have you know you have a low country boil mm-hmm. so you have that but then you know obviously yeah. you have more just the fresh fish you know stuff too so is that kind of um you know what kind of go do, do you have certain regions that you try to pick more than the others or do you, do you i think just, everyone kind of has uh So we have two chefs right now. They are kind of have their own areas that they love Mm -hmm. um, and that influence them. So kind of, you know, like I love Mediterranean. I love that's like those are that's kind of where I go a lot Mm -hmm. to like look for inspiration. Um, You know, Samantha is all about the South. She's all about like Southern cooking. our chef Harrison has like traveled pretty extensively in Asia and he's like always looking, he's always like drawing from some of the cultures that he's traveled to and some of the food that he had there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike has a pretty, he's a pretty, um, he came from the West coast and he, you know, like comes from like that culture. So it's kind of, it's honestly the fact that we're not pigeonholed, it's kind of a reflection of the fact that Lawrence is like really open to new things and we're not attached to any real style. But it's also a reflection that all of these people are kind of coming to the table with like different creative perspectives. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's one event I want, you guys hosted last year, you hosted an oyster eating competition. Yeah, Yeah, annual. Yeah. We'll do it again. We're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because we we missed it last year. So, but I remember seeing the post about it and I was like, oh man, I wish we could have, we could have made it. But, um, so what was that like? I mean, did you get a lot of, was was there a good amount of interest in it? Yeah. It was bigger than last year. So that's good. That's good. Um, I think this year we had something like 24 competitors. Wow. Wow. Um, the first year we did, we did uh, two minutes, which mm-hmm. seemed like a really long time to eat oysters. Yeah. So we shortened it. But the first, the first winner, um, he ate something like ninety-four oysters in like two and a half minutes. Oh my what? God. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do a tie-breaking round. Oh no! Oh I know! I know! Oh man! And he sat. At, he sat at a table with his family and just like drank a glass of coffee afterwards. Whoa. I know. Oh so God. impressive. <laughs> so impressive. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I don't. So this year we had a different winner, um, but also ate just an insane amount of oysters in yeah. an insane amount of time. Wow. Um, and we have some people that are told me they're going to compete next year. So nice. I feel. When is it? When, what, what time of year? August fifth. You've got time to train. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to debate. I don't know if I. I don't know if I. I'm like, I really like oysters, yeah. but I don't know if I want to eat them fast. I don't know. That might be. Yeah, especially these people sound like they're legitimate. Serious. Yeah. 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 You got time to train. Is there yeah. a style? What, what's the What's the method there? I know. Is it? Do you just so like tilt your head back and just like <laughs> like pour them down? I don't know how you do that many so quickly. Yeah. So what we do is we shuck them, and honestly. Everyone in the restaurant is shucking them. I'm sure. You know, because we have to get enough for everybody. So it's like the host is shucking, you know, (laughs) the servers are shucking, the managers are shucking. (laughs) So we pre-shuck all of these oysters and then everyone sits along the back wall Mm -hmm. and we put trays, like literally like trays of like 30 (laughs) in front of each contestant and they get 30 seconds before 
before the clock starts to dress the oysters. Mm. Okay. So you can, you know. Yeah. Um, and then and then they just go. And then mm. if you finish the tray, we put another tray in front of you. Wow. And then we count the shells at the end for each contestant to figure out who right. ate the most. Do people dress them? I was wondering, is that like a Some people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some people do like a mignonette or a yeah. cocktail sauce. Nice. Or like lemon. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's no. a it's a sight to behold. Yeah. <laughs> How do you order for that? That's got to be, you got to work. Uh, yeah, of, you just, yeah. We just order. We order and shock just a lot. <laughs> but if you win, you get, well, everyone that participates gets a National Oyster Day t-shirt, which I feel like you really earn if oh, you're yeah. eating all those oysters. And the winner gets a $150 gift card. Wow. wow. Plus you got to eat all those oysters. Plus I mean, you got yeah. all those free oysters. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like it's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. So one thing, you know, I, I find too, you know, when you, when you travel, you, you, uh, you know, kind of obviously opens your eyes to different things. We talked about, you know, different regions having different foods. So do you find when you're, um, you know, do, have you made it, had any cool trips recently or something that, you know, kind of help you bring that back kind of to the restaurant or say, Hey, yeah. we should try this or anything in particular you can think of that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I feel, so about right when we started actually, or like a couple months after we opened our doors, uh, my partner at the time and I went on a trip to Washington state, um, to Seattle. Um, and we actually were able to like visit the, some of the oyster farms that we carry from and like go out on the water during low tide and like pick up oysters off the beach and eat them. That's so cool. It was amazing. Um, but it was like kind of my first, uh, it was like living in Lawrence and having the restaurant in Lawrence. I had met people who grew tomatoes, met people who, you know, made goat cheese and who raised cattle, but I never thought that we would be able to have a personal relationship with a seafood purveyor. Like I didn't, you know, having relationships with farmers is like personally really important to me Mm -hmm. in the restaurant industry and, um, having like a stronger and more direct connection with your food. Um, but going on that trip and going to visit like the Hamahama farm, um, Pen Cove, um, Hog Island, like visiting those places, um, and kind of like seeing where our food comes from and meeting the people who like put it in bags and send it to us and like talking to them about how they cook it, um, which is like a huge kind of eye-opening experience and also kind of like really like ignited this like desire to travel more and look for more stuff. Um, and I was able recently to go back out to the Pacific Northwest again and kind of see some of the things that other people who are putting out seafood are doing. And it's incredible. I love the Pacific Northwest so much. Um, and it's really fun to see kind of the unique ways that people take our concept and kind of go their own direction with it mm-hmm. kind of makes me think that we can really kind of do wacky things here too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like people of Lawrence would be down for it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Also a lot of these, a lot of the communities that, uh, a lot of the shellfish communities, like farming communities are small, you know, like, um, a lot of the towns where, where we get a lot of our West coast oysters are not huge towns and they don't have like, you know, really like expensive, food scenes they're just like taking something directly from the ocean and making something really delicious and that's definitely a source of inspiration yeah what do those look like what's an oyster farm look like i guess i i don't know if i've ever seen one but i know it's kind of it's a pretty rudimentary 
yeah. type of farming, um, not very mechanized. No. So basically, um, it's a lot of, uh, like a lot of the farms that we went to, there's some where they just put, they basically like shower their beaches with seedlings, mm-hmm. um, and they attach themselves to other shells. And there's like a beach method of growing oysters and there's like a bracken bag, um, at Penn Cove, they basically just have, um, big wooden structures with hanging bags that like catch the oysters and allow them to grow. And they just like take a boat out and like pull them up when they're ready. (laughs) So it's, it's crazy. Like coming, I'm like the granddaughter of a wheat farmer and that is a super mechanized farming (laughs) industry. And so to see kind of like how the oyster farms, like people go out there and they hand harvest them and people like, it's just, it's kind of blows my mind, but it's also kind of an aspect of it. That's really eco-friendly because it's not, you know, the carbon footprint of farming oysters is a lot less. And they also naturally clean the water around them. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've heard there's a lot of places in that, a lot of cities and stuff, I think where they're trying to actually, you know, create, you know, um, yeah. big cultures of, of oysters to help clean the water. I think New York, I think New York city, I think I read is doing a big thing with that. But uh, that yeah. does not surprise me. Yeah. Especially the, so up until the 1970s, there were pretty much after the 1970s, there aren't a lot of like wild indigenous oysters because they, we pretty much farmed them out of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a while it really, it was really disruptive to the Chesapeake Bay's ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like bringing back oysters to filter the water has been like a really important building block and kind of restoring the ecosystem. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's great. Uh, what, uh, what coast, uh, what, what's your favorite uh, oyster? Are you an East coast, West coast? I'm, I'm a West coast oyster <laughs> yeah. girl. Yeah. yeah. I, we, there's so many people that come here that love East coast oysters and yeah. we definitely have a lot of them. And there's, I, I have some East coast favorites, but I think I'm just a yeah. West coast oyster girl. I like yeah. the sweet cucumber finish. I like kind of the mineral mm-hmm. and kind of the grassiness. I, it's just my jam. <laughs> and I think it's also kind of like, I, there's a lot of like, when I think about, um, wine pairings or like sake pairings, or I think that the pairings for East Co- or for West coast oysters are more exciting to me. So I think that's probably a part of it. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite place to eat in Lawrence besides Mass Street Fish House? Oh, I have so many favorites. I was a big Hank person. Yes, yeah. so were we. I loved Hank, and I'm so sad that they're gone, but um, I love... At least they're still fairly... Cool. You, can, yeah. you can still yeah. get to them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not, yeah. As, not as easy. Not as easy. Yeah. Um, but I... There's so many different places. I love 715. I eat yeah. there all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that what Jake and Zach are doing is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, um, I really love going to Bon Bon. Yep. I'm kind of sad that I can't sit on their patio right now. Oh, yeah. Because that is, was by far the most beautiful patio. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait for their construction yeah. to be done. <laughs> I know. I know. Weather to be better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love culinaria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Lark Affair. It's hard to pick just one, but yeah. I think probably uh, if I had to, if I had to like pick a place to have dinner on a Saturday night and it wasn't at Mastery Fish House, <laughs> um, I'd probably go to Seven Fifteen. Yeah. It's an easy walk for you. Yeah, too. it's <laughs> not very far. Right? <laughs> it's not very far, <laughs> and they're really awesome neighbors to have. 
Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's something too. I mean, it, how it's been like, you know, I feel like the Mass, Mass Street, you know, in general, a lot of the restaurants there, I feel like a lot of, you know, it's kind yeah. of a community there of kind yeah. of, you know, helping each other out. And you see that oh, a lot. Sure. see that a lot. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, you know, sending people places, you know, I saw, yeah. you know, we saw it. Um, you know, we've seen a bunch of different places. So what's that been like kind of being part of the Mass Street family out maybe or I don't know is it it's been amazing yeah it is an amazing community to mm-hmm. open a business um because people are so willing and eager to help and a lot of us really came up together you mm-hmm. know a lot of us got our start at the same restaurants mm-hmm. and a lot of us have worked together before so it, building those bridges feels really natural yeah, yeah. And also, like, if we're going to be a destination place for food, you know, if people are going to come here from Topeka, from Kansas City, if we're going to make this, our downtown, you know, like a draw, we have to work together. I really believe that. Well, thanks again to Laura for talking with us today. Mass Street Fish House and Raw Bar is located at 719 Mass Street in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. They're open daily for dinner with lunch available on the weekend, and they have a killer happy hour from 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday and from noon to 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday. You can also reserve their adorable space for events or have them come to you for catering with their custom pop-up Raw Bar. You guys should definitely check them out. Yeah, that's really cool. Have a lot of people done the... Um done the uh the catering of the raw bar yeah yeah Yeah, we've had a few it's definitely a way to elevate your party yeah you know i definitely walk into a party see a mobile raw bar (laughs) you're like oh this is a party next level (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's awesome well thanks again laura yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me yeah Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Fork in Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Laura Klein from Mass Street Fish House and Raw Bar. And we really appreciate that they love local food, but uh, they know enough not to source their oysters from Clinton Lake. So that's something. (laughs) (laughs) If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow us on social media. We are on Facebook at Lawrence Forking Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. And feel free to find our pages, like them, follow us, subscribe. Any other verb you can think of for social media, please do it. And if you're a restaurant or food business owner in town and are interested in coming on the show, just reach out on social media or you can email us at lawrenceforkingkansas at gmail.com and let us know. We're always looking for new people to talk to and we would love to talk to you. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.